Hello and welcome to the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Do keep in mind that we have other resources and information available at our website. If you wish to hear other English audio messages, they are available for free at our website and also as podcast or iTunes. Just look for us in the Apple iTunes Store under the Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. Many believers confuse the notion of prophecy and that it is only related to foretelling things that will happen in the future. And the notion is even further distorted with the concept that only certain people possess this supposed mystical gift. The Bible explains to us that prophecy is something less mystical and more meaningful, relevant to daily life and accessible to a larger group of people if certain conditions are met. We will see through the counsel of the Bible what in all actuality true biblical prophecy is and who is it that can have the spiritual gift. Please stay with us for the next few minutes as we look into God's Word together. Let us go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Blessing and honor and glory be to you, O Lord God, for you are worthy to be praised and exalted. Blessed be your name, O Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you thanks for your love and your grace. Thank you, O Lord, for the forgiveness that we find through your Son, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to always be sensitive to your will and to your ways, to your word, through the promptings of your Holy Spirit. I pray, O Lord God, that you may speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Our scripture passage reading today is found in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 13, through chapter 14, verse 5. This is the word of the Lord. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him, however in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. What does prophecy consist of? Many people confuse the gift of prophecy, and most of the time they assume that it only refers to talking about something that will happen in the future. And unfortunately, they treat this concept like something that resembles fortune-telling. It can involve certain things in the future, but it is more than that, and less mystical than many make it out to be. Prophesying in the biblical sense means to speak on behalf of God. It's being God's messenger. God may give a prophet ideas or announcements on things related to the future, but not today. All of the prophecies related to the future are in the Bible. They are written, and where we understand that the Bible has even sealed so nothing else is added to it can be seen at the very end of the book of revelation itself in chapter 22 where it says for i testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book if anyone adds to these things god will add to him the plagues that are written in this book 
And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. So a word to the wise. It is in your best interest never to add anything or take away anything from the Bible. God's word is complete as can be, so it does not need any help. This is the main reason why I personally am so careful with Bible versions, because there are many deviations between the more original texts and the more modern versions. And for some reason, the people that have worked on the modern versions have taken liberties like adding to it or taking away or changing what is being said. That's a big problem for them, and that is a big problem for those that read those versions because they are not getting something pure anymore. This is a whole other long discussion that we'll not get into at this time. And so coming back to prophesying, the Apostle Paul is referring to preaching or sharing God's word. He is instructing us through the Holy Spirit to look for this gift, to obviously pray for it. Why is being able to prophesy so important? The Bible teaches us that we need to encourage one another, that we need to build each other up. Can anyone do this? In theory, yes. But there are certain prerequisites, if you will. First and foremost, the only way we can truly understand the scriptures is by having the Holy Spirit in our lives. Pure intellect does not make it possible. That's why you can even have teachers in seminary and Bible scholars go through the Bible and understand completely different to what is intended and go off course very easily. You really just need only enough intellect to understand the words and context, and the Holy Spirit takes care of the rest. The obvious also needs to take place, and that is a person needs to dedicate some time to studying the Bible, to read through it. It does not happen by osmosis. You need to expose yourself to the Word of God, and again, through reading it and studying it. That's why it is so important for every follower of Jesus Christ to read and study the Bible on their own, and to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to them. But within all of this, there is a very key ingredient, if you will, that Paul mentions that is truly required for everything in the Lord, and that is love. We need to do everything based on love. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 is very short, but to the point of why love is important, where it says, knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And so knowledge, or just being intellectual, does not help at all, because the intention or disposition of the person will pollute everything else after that. Love edifies, or builds up, Love ensures that the right things are said for the right reasons with the right intentions. But then we need to ask ourselves a very, very important question. What is love? Everyone has an opinion on what love is, and chances are, if the understanding of what love should be is not based on the Bible, then I have to say it, it's all wrong. It's something else. The Bible explains in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 8a, what love is, where it says, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And so we don't see in the verse that love involves feeling butterflies in a person's stomach or other types of sensations or even sexual intimacy like many may think. Love is described as suffering long or being patient, so the expectations are not immediate. So there is no room for impatience in love. It says that it is kind. 
There is no envy in love, no thoughts of desiring what others have. It says that it does not parade itself, meaning that it is something humble. A few more details about love is that love is not selfish. And a big detail is that it thinks no evil or rejoices in iniquity, which means that it cannot support those things that are sin. In order for it to be love, it needs to align with what is right. And here is the biggest difference between what the world thinks is love and what God says is love. If it's something wrong and sinful, it cannot be love. It is something else. True love, biblical love, aligns itself with God's truth. And that's the kind of love that needs to be the foundation for effective and godly prophesying to take place. Love and truth go hand in hand in the Lord. If we look closer at what the Bible says, ultimately true love is God. First John chapter 4, verse 7 and 10 says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So, if we go by what the Bible says, God is the ultimate form of love, and a person does not have a capacity to truly love unless a person is born again in Christ. God needs to be inside of your life through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit for you to be able to love in the pure and biblical sense. And in the passage that we just read, we saw the greatest example of love we could ever have, that God did something completely unselfishly, sacrificially, and unmerited for all of us. We will never be able to match His love, but through the work of the Holy Spirit and by applying the Word of God to our lives, we will be shaped, formed, and transformed into His likeness so we can achieve at least something close that may resemble God's love. The Bible teaches us that this love that needs to be developed within us needs to have two main directions. Mark chapter 12, verse 29 to 31, we, we mention this quite often. It says, Jesus answered him, The first of all, the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And so, it is very plain to see that love needs to be the foundation to everything in our life, especially if we want to prophesy or share God's truth with others. Love needs to be the reason, the why for our lives, the intention. Another fundamental aspect of being able to share God's message with others is that we cannot share and speak on God's behalf unless we are able to do it ourselves first. We need to lead by example. So there is no room for hypocrisy. This is a basic principle in everything in the Lord. We always need to remember that truth and love go hand in hand. Always. Matthew chapter 5 verse 19 to 20 tells us this. 
Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Leading by example is a biblical example. That is the whole point for Jesus to have come to this earth. He came to share God and all of his kingdom principles and he lived them day to day. He taught us, for instance, that we need to love our enemies and he showed this principle throughout his ministry. For instance, he knew that Judas Iscariot was going to betray him. He knew that Judas was stealing from the group all along. He was and is God, so he knew everything. Yet he chose Judas and gave him the opportunity to be one of the twelve. And through that, Judas was able to witness for three years all of the different miracles, signs, and wonders firsthand. God gave him the opportunity to see everything. And by giving him that opportunity, Judas was given the opportunity to turn and change during that time. Jesus gave him the opportunity to listen to the truth and to see him in action to witness everything. God didn't kill Judas Iscariot. Judas chose to take his own life. We also see Jesus' example of love towards his enemies when he was nailed to the cross as his enemies were mocking him while he was going through the worst experience any person could ever go through. Matthew chapter 23 gives us this account where it says, And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. And so Jesus prayed for his enemies, even while on the cross. And of course, Jesus did the ultimate for all of his enemies. He died for the sins of the world. We all are born being God's enemies because of our sin, because of our fallen state. Romans chapter 5 says this, Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Jesus gave the most perfect example of teaching that could ever be given regarding how to deal with enemies. And so he was more than able to teach and share God's truth with the world because he lived out every single word he spoke. That's what our standard should be. Jesus is our standard. He is who we need to compare ourselves to and who we need to try to follow when we make the decision to share his truth with others. And so, before looking to prophesy or speak on God's behalf to others, we need to think about a few things like, have I become born again in Christ? Is the Holy Spirit working in my life? Is biblical love the intention of my heart? Have I read and understood what the Bible has to say about whatever I am thinking about sharing with someone else? Have I been able to live out and practice what I am about to say to someone else? These are all very basic things we should ask ourselves before thinking we can speak on God's behalf. Now you might say, John, does everyone that says that they are speaking on God's behalf do this? And I would have to tell you, I don't know. But God is not going to ask you about what other people did or didn't do. 
He's going to ask you about what you did when you stand in judgment at some point. So my advice to you would be not to worry about what other people do or don't do. That's their problem. You need to worry about you, just like I need to worry about me. As for me, I do hold myself to this standard because I do believe what the Bible tells us we should be doing. I have been born again in Christ. I have been able to see the Holy Spirit work in my life, and I see him continually working in me. The reason for why I share what I share is because I do it out of love for my Lord and for everyone that is willing to listen. I have taken the time to read, study, and understand clearly everything I share, especially to see if it coincides with God's complete counsel to us before sharing. And of course, I believe fully and completely that God sees everything that I do and that I will give an account for all my actions, both here and now, and more importantly, in the future, when I stand before him. And to his honor and glory, I do try to live out his truth in my life. I do believe through and through what the Bible teaches, that we will all give an account for what we do. And finally, what should prophecy or speaking on behalf of the Lord be based on? Everything should be based on the inerrant word of God. If God desires for anyone to share anything, it will always be based on his word. God will never tell you to say something that contradicts his word, his principles. That's why we need to build ourselves up and each other on the word of God. First Timothy chapter three, verse 16 to 17 tells us this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's whole purpose with him sharing his truth with us is to make us complete through him and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Good works cannot happen without good instruction, without good counsel. God's word, the Holy Bible, is God's complete counsel and instruction to man so that we can come to have eternal life and know how to live that eternal life through Jesus Christ. That is why we need to help each other by sharing God's truth with each other. That is why Paul exhorts every follower of Jesus Christ to seek to prophesy or speak on God's behalf with their fellow believer. And not only with our fellow believers, we are to share our faith, God's truth with the world. The Lord instructed his disciples and in turn us as well, because everything that is written is for us also, that we need to go out there and make disciples. Matthew chapter 28 says this, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Making disciples means to help people not only believe in the Lord, but also help them follow the Lord. We are all to follow the Lord, to do what he says, and to do what he tells us to do. That's what the word Lord means. He tells us what we should do, and we should do what he says we should do because we belong to him. It's a very simple relationship, really. All we need to do is just follow instructions. Anyone can prophesy, but a person needs to be able to have the right intentions. They need to study, learn, understand, and apply God's truth to their life before they go out there and share with people. God's desire is that we help each other as much as we can by speaking God's truth with each other.
There is no real mysticism in being able to prophesy. All it really takes is having a genuine, personal, and intimate relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and allowing yourself to be led through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And as part of that relationship, that you maintain good intentions by loving God and loving your neighbor. Those are the things that will allow you to be useful to the Lord in delivering His messages to those around you. As you look to live out the Christian walk by trying to follow the Lord faithfully and daily, God desires to use each of us for the benefit of those around us. That is the true meaning of prophesying, basically allowing yourselves to be a help, someone that can provide wise counsel to people, being able to speak on God's behalf. And so if you truly love the Lord and love your neighbor, you are going to want to learn God's word for your own good and want to share that truth for the benefit of others. Prophesying helps fulfill God's purpose, his desire to save the world because he wants for everyone to come to the knowledge of salvation and for everyone to know how to live out the eternal life he so lovingly wishes to bestow through faith in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessing and honor and glory and majesty and power and all kingdom be to you, O Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you because you only have intentions of good for us. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your love. I give you thanks because you just desire those things that are of blessing and, and of just life for us. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we need to grow and become strong in you so that the purpose, your purpose, can be fulfilled and that we help each other, that we support each other, that we might be able to encourage each other with your word, with your truth, that we may be able to speak on your behalf to be able to build each other up, Lord God. Heavenly Father, we were not made to be islands in this world, but we were made to be a community of believers, of followers of Jesus Christ, and that we help each other as best as possible. And the best way that we can help each other is by encouraging ourselves through your word, through your Holy Spirit, living your principles on a daily basis, teaching by example, Lord God. Help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to always keep the end game in mind, to always be able to keep the end, O Lord, completely at the forefront of our thoughts, that someday we will all stand before you. Heavenly Father, help us to be found acceptable through your Son, Jesus Christ, and through the good works that you desire for us to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.